What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. We dive into stories of true crime, from unsolved cold cases to historic kidnapping to gangsters and beyond. We are your source for true crime. We thank you for listening. Thanksgiving is a time for family, for giving thanks, and for peaceful reflection. It's an annual tradition that brings together loved ones from near and far to celebrate the blessings of the past year. However, for one family in Jupiter, Florida, Thanksgiving 2009 turned from a festive gathering into an unimaginable nightmare. This is the story of Paul Mirhege, a man who transformed a holiday of gratitude into a day of sorrow and the repercussions that followed. On today's episode of Murder Monday, we dive into the Thanksgiving family murders. But before we do that, we'd like to remind you, you can find us on, find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search the True Crime Never Sleeps. And without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. The roots of the Thanksgiving family murders stretch back through a tangled web of mental illness, family conflict, and missed warning signs. Paul Murphy history of psychological instability and erratic behavior cast a long shadow over his relationships with his family members who oscillated between concern for his well-being and fear of his unpredictable nature. Murray's battle with mental health was well documented. From a young age, he struggled with symptoms that pointed towards serious psychiatric conditions. His family reported that he had been under psychiatric care for years and had been prescribed multiple medications to manage his mood and behavior. Despite treatment, his condition seemed to deteriorate rather than improve over time. Within the Murhij family, Paul was known as a troubled individual. His parents and siblings had experienced his violent outbursts firsthand. His twin sisters, Carla and Lisa, had been successful in their own lives, which reportedly fueled Paul's resentment and feelings of inadequacy. The relationships within the family were strained. While some members advocated for compassion and support, others felt endangered by his presence. In the months leading up to the murders, there were numerous red flags that indicated Paul's potential for violence. He had made threats against family members and had expressed a desire to die which are recognized risk factors for homicidal behavior. Despite this, those around him did not perceive these threats with the gravity they deserved. The reluctance to believe that a family member could commit such acts may have contributed to the lack of prevented, prevent, preventative action. Excuse me. 
Thanksgiving 2009 was meant to be a turning point for the family. After a period of estrangement, Paul was invited to the holiday dinner at the Sittens' home. His parents hoped that the gathering would help to heal old wounds and bring the family closer together. The fact that Paul accepted the invitation was taken as a positive sign. It was thought that he, too, wanted to move past the familial discord. The Thanksgiving dinner started as a heartwarming affair with laughter and the sharing of memories. Merhij, though reportedly quiet, did not outwardly exhibit signs of distress or anger. It seemed, if only for a few hours, that the family had successfully bridged the gap that mental illness and years of tension had created. However, this period of calm would tragically prove to be the stillness before a violent tempest, one that would end in a way no one could have anticipated. In this deceptive tranquility, no one could predict that the underlying currents of Paul's mental turmoil would soon surface with devastating consequences. The stage was set for a Thanksgiving day that would be etched in the memory of American crime. Not for the joy and unity it represents, but as a grim reminder of the fragility of family ties in the face of untreated mental illness. Thanksgiving Day in 2009 started like any other for the family, steeped in the warm, festive atmosphere that accompanies the holiday season. But as night fell, the gathering at the Sittens family home in Jupiter, Florida, a serene and affluent neighborhood, would become the scene of one of the most shocking crimes in the area's history. The evening's festivities included a traditional dinner, the company of close relatives and friends, and the air was filled with the comforting aromas of roasted turkey and pumpkin pie. Laughter echoed through the house, and there was an element of joy that the often estranged Paul Merhige had chosen to attend. The family was complete, with children playing and adults indulging in post-meal conversations, oblivious to the impending danger. During the event, Paul was quiet, but not outwardly hostile or confrontational. Family members might have taken his silence as a sign of contemplation or social withdrawal. Common behaviors in those suffering from depression. Despite past disputes and his history of mental health issues, nothing he said or did at dinner foreshadowed the violence that would unfold later that night. After the meal and customary exchange of stories and memories, Paul excused himself from the festivities. There was no indication that he was agitated or upset when he left, which is why his return later in the evening took everyone by surprise. Armed with a handgun, he entered the home and began shooting with a chilling precision that hinted at premeditation and an intent to inflict maximum harm on his family. In a matter of moments, the tranquil family home became a scene of carnage. His twin sisters Carla and Lisa were among the first victims. Lisa was pregnant, her life and that of her unborn child cruelly snatched away. Raymond Joseph, his elderly aunt, became another casualty. Her life ended amidst the chaos she likely had little time to comprehend. But perhaps the most heart-wrenching loss was that of young Michaela Sitt, Muriel and Jim's daughter. She was found lifeless in her bed, where she had been shot while sleeping, a place that should have been her safe haven. The gunshots shattered the night, and in the aftermath, the home was filled with screams and confusions. Surviving family members and guests scrambled to find cover, call 911, and to help those who were wounded. The shock was palpable. No one could quite grasp the horror of what had occurred. Paul Merhige had vanished into the night by the time law enforcement arrived, leaving behind a family torn apart by his actions. 
The Sitton family's devastation was beyond measure. Muriel and Jim's world was turned upside down with the loss of their daughter, Michaela. A young life full of potential and innocence. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Was cruelly and inexplicably cut short. The family's suffering was laid bare for the world to see as they struggled to cope with the magnitude of their loss and the violence that invaded their home. As the immediate shock began to wane, the gravity of the situation took hold. Survivors were left to grapple with the wounds, both physical and emotional, while authorities quickly initiated a manhunt for Paul Murhige. The question that hung in the air was why? A question that perhaps could never be fully answered, even as the pursuit for justice began. The Thanksgiving family gathering that started with expressions of gratitude ended in a torrent of grief, its impact extending far beyond the walls of the Sitton home. This tragic event would leave an indelible mark on the survivors, the community, and the nation as it grappled with the ramifications of familial violence and the stark realities of mental illness left unchecked. In the hours following the massacre, a stunned and grieving community rallied as law enforcement agencies launched an extensive manhunt for Paul Marige, a man now infamous for turning a time of celebration into a time of mourning. The Jupiter Police Department, alongside other local law enforcement agencies and the FBI, launched a full-scale search operation. Marige had fled the scene, and there were no immediate clues pointing to his whereabouts. His car and phone appeared to have been discarded. Efforts to cover his tracks and hinder the police's ability to track him. Roadblocks were set up and alerts were broadcast across the state, warning the public that he was armed and extremely dangerous. The authorities called upon the community for help, encouraging anyone with information to come forward. The canvassing neighborhoods reviewed surveillance footage and conducted interviews with acquaintances and family members who might shed light on Murhij's potential hideouts. The case quickly captured the intention of the national media. The story of the Thanksgiving massacre was everywhere, from local news to national television. Networks with the public following every development. America's Most Wanted, a popular crime show known for aiding the apprehension of fugitives, featured Paul Murhige's case, amplifying the reach of law enforcement's search efforts. Despite these efforts, for 38 days, Murhige managed to evade capture leaving authorities frustrated and the family desperate for closure. The breakthrough came from a motel clerk in the Florida Keys. The clerk recognized Murhige from the America's Most Wanted broadcast and immediately contacted the police. It was a stroke of fortune that he had been spotted as he had been living under an assumed name, trying to blend in as just another guest among the many tourists in the area. The tip led to Murhige's arrest without incident at the motel where he had been staying. His time on the run came to an abrupt end, and the news of his capture brought a collective sigh of relief to the community and the nation. While his arrest would not bring back the lives lost, it offered the prospect of justice and a sense of security to a community rattled by the atrocity. <clears throat> Understanding the motive behind such a heinous act as the Thanksgiving family murders is complex and multifaceted. It delves into the depths of human psychology, familial relationships, and the impacts of mental illness. For the family and the public at large, comprehending the reasons for Paul's actions became a central question as they sought closure 
and justice in the aftermath of the tragedy. At the heart of his motive was his long and troubled history with mental illness. Diagnosed with depression and possibly other psychological conditions, he had been under psychiatric care for years. His mental state often manifested in paranoia, anger, and resentment, especially towards his family members, who he may have blamed for his struggles. His failure to consistently take his prescribed medication likely exacerbated these issues, contributing to his deteriorating mental state. The underlying tensions with the family played a significant role in the motive. Paul harbored deep-seated resentment toward his successful sisters and possibly other relatives. This envy and animosity coupled with his mental health challenges may have created a toxic cocktail that skewed his perception of his place within the family and the world at large. What specifically triggered Murhish to act on Thanksgiving Day remains somewhat of a mystery. It could have been a particular interaction, a flood of painful memories associated with family gatherings, or perhaps an internal crisis unbeknownst to those around him. The holiday's emphasis on family togetherness and gratitude might have contrasted sharply with his inner turmoil, bringing his resentments to a boiling point. For the victim's families, understanding the motive does not alleviate their grief or answering the haunting question of whether this tragedy could have been prevented. For the public, the motive behind such violence is often sought as a means of making sense of the senseless, imposing logic on the illogical. In this case, as in many involving mental illness and family violence, the motive is complex, a tragic confluence of untreated mental health issues family dynamics, and a series of decisions that led to irrevocable consequences. Paul Murhij was charged with four counts of first-degree murder and two counts of attempted first-degree murder. Given the heinous nature of the crimes, the death penalty was on the table. During the trial, the defense painted a picture of a man tormented by his mental health issues, I should say, someone who is not fully in control of his actions. The prosecution, however, highlighted the premeditated nature of the crime, showing that Murhij had planned the murders in advance. Ultimately, to spare the family the pain of a lengthy trial, Murhij entered a guilty plea. In exchange, the death penalty was taken off the table. On October 28, 2011, he was sentenced to seven consecutive life terms without the possibility of parole. Justice had been served, albeit in a small measure compared to the loss endured by the family. The ramifications of the Thanksgiving Day murders continued to ripple through the lives of the survivors and the community at large. The families affected by the tragedy were left, left to navigate a world irrevocably altered by violence. For the Sitton family, the loss of their young daughter was devastating. They sought to honor Michaela's memory by setting up a foundation in her name aiming to support children's art programs. Each year, they host a public Thanksgiving dinner in remembrance of those who were lost. Let us know your thoughts on this case in the comment section below. Do you have any thoughts behind his uh, decision to snap and kill his family and friends? Let us know. Of course, if you want to support the channel, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNS. As always, your support helps the channel grow upgrade our equipment, bring in new hosts, be able to pay them, and hopefully one day take this show on the road. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time.
You have been listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast and on Twitter at True Crime NS. And follow us on Instagram at True Crime Never Sleeps. Thanks for watching. If you want to support the show, buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNN or become a patron at patreon.com slash True Crime Never Sleeps. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.